Hey there! Thank you for checking out the Battleface podcast. This project was born as a way for me and my buddy Derringer to talk about all the nerdy things that we like, and we'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. Check us out on YouTube and Instagram at the Battleface. Now, on to the episode. The Battleface podcast is broadcast live on Fridays and Sundays, and we encourage you to come hang out and chat with Bard and Dare live. Now, prepare to declare attacks. You are entering the Battleface. Hello, everyone. You have entered the Battleface. It is I, Sulbeck Kamalek. And joining me, as always, is everybody's favorite co-host, Ham of Fanon Borgonon. Yeah, me. He. He, the Ham of Fanon Borgonon. And I, the Sulbeck Kamelek. Welcome to the Battle Phase Podcast, the weekly podcast where Dare and I love to talk about all the things, uh, nerd culture that impacted our, our feeds, our timelines, our collective you know conscious card games we talk anime we talk video games we talk idols we talk wrestlers we 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 talk about it all we we're men of culture you see yeah yeah many culture have we 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 are collecting all of the cultures in fact yeah <laughs> the fuck is he leaving this shit off for me like, i don't know but what the heck <laughs> I'm just leaving space for for you to to elaborate on on the cultures that we have. You see, yeah, yes, culture, very much culture. All, all the culture, all of them. You said all of them, and there's all. Yes, all. all. Yes. <laughs> At this point, I feel like I'm just like doing this to make you a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, but it's literally throwing. Uh, throwing me in front of a bus and hoping that I, I I make a splat. And throwing you in front of a bus and hoping that you sink or swim. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that. Alrighty, but uh, before we get started, uh, please remember to like, sub, and share. It is the easiest way to make sure that the podcast continues to grow and grow and grow because we, the boys, like to know that people are listening. It makes us feel heard. If you're on the podcasting platforms, welcome and thank you for listening. If you'd like to be a part of our live recording sessions, which occur either on Friday or Sunday of every week, uh, follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at the battle phase, where, you know, we'll, you'll get notifications on when we're going live, when the show will be airing, and uh, you can drop by our live chat to, to say hello to the boys. We might even shout you out uh, on stream. And uh, for starters this week, what what uh what what are you doing there? Do you, you doing anything fun this week? Uh, uh, not really. There's a couple things that like I didn't get a chance to send you. Oh, uh, can briefly touch on, I guess. Sure, go for it. Uh, like the first being, it, it kind of goes with the first couple things that you have about VTubers and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, there's an agency called Accio Air that apparently recently. Uh, all of their talent just left. Whoa! Because they had, they they weren't treating their talent right. So, like, just everyone left. Yeah. And yikes! The agency threatened to sue them for like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And just over the week, it's been spiraling out of control with the whole uh, Accio Air thing. Because apparently they also had like a, a new season of talent that were supposed to be debuting, and they like they're like okay, uh, now none of them are debuting because they're, they're, we're having to move things around, and then they all left. It's it's been it's been fun. It's been fun watching that. Yeah, actually, that sounds that sounds kind of like ooh, that that is a mess. It, it but. Here's the thing. I, I kind of, uh, I kind of commend them for knowing what they're worth, and not just sitting around and letting the company kind of walk all over them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, That's I, uh, a lot of the like indie VTubers that I follow on 
uh, Twitter and ones that I'm like really good friends with, they've all been like posting about how don't join an agency unless you know what you're getting into. Don't join an agency unless you're like willing to put in all this extra work and like know your worth and like don't let people take advantage of you with this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's been nice to see that like everybody's like on the same page with this agency was really bad and shouldn't be doing what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, so good, good on them for knowing what they're worth and, and, you know, like not, not sitting by and letting, letting themselves get exploited just because of, you know, like, Hey, it's an agency, you know? So Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you got anything else? Uh, I could talk about the other thing whenever we get closer to some other thing. So, okay. So, no, so. <laughs> All right, no problem. In that case, uh, moving on to the next uh, next little bit here. I'm what we're watching this week, or what I'm watching this week is a uh, Zombie Land Saga. It's a it's a weird anime, there, and it's it's got all the right sense of humor to where I was hooked after the first episode. Because the main character gets hit by a truck within the first minute. <laughs> as, as you do in anime. As you do in anime. Trucks are, are the enemy of mankind in anime, as you see. So, uh, basically, uh, it, it's it's about idols that are dead. Uh, th- the premise on this is just absolutely off the walls insane. So, uh, main character Sakura Minamoto hit w- by a truck as she's leaving home to go to school. And she wakes up to find out that 10 years have passed since she died, and she's now a zombie. But not like, you know, your your Dawn of the Dead zombies. She's like a zombie with her mind intact, right? Uh, also, there are, right. there are six other zombie girls with her, and a mysterious producer who is responsible for gathering the lot of them, and who is now putting them together to form an idol group so that through song and dance they may save the Saga Prefecture, where he's from, which is fading into obscurity. That sounds like... Yeah, that's an anime. Yeah, that's an anime. Uh, the, the the humor in this is... brilliant. <laughs> because it, it, is, it, is, it is delivered with just 100% conviction. You know, like, you... Everyone in this anime is committed to the bit. It's an absurd premise, but everybody's delivering it 100% like, yeah, this this is happening. Uh, it's it's absurd. It's got dry humor, and it's reminiscent of something that might happen. Like, you know, say, for example, if your, your DM, the night that he was supposed to be planning your D&D campaign, decided to just, you know, get absolutely plastered while watching, like, uh, what's it called? Dawn of the Dead films, but somewhere along the line, the channel changed, and you know he fell asleep listening to idle music. So, like, this is kind of what is the result. Uh, so, as they're being idols, their you their producer basically applies Hollywood effects makeup so that they look like they're normal girls and not just decaying corpses. And so they're trying to be idols on stage. While hiding the fact that they're undead, easy. It, that's easy. Uh, it, do that. It results in some of the most, the most hilarious uh, comedy because it's like, well, they, the, the only reason they look like they're alive is because they're caked in makeup. You know, they can't, they can't, uh, you know, like get wet because if they do, the makeup washes off. Like you know, they're decaying corpses. So a lot of the 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 what's it called? The comedy comes from like the fact that like, oh, did you get hit in the head hard enough? Well, your head just popped off now, <laughs> and you know, so now your disembodied head is just rolling around while your body is trying to find it. Right? Um, yeah. It just a lot of like really really fun stuff going on. I'm on episode nine right now, and. It's it's weird because it's one of those shows that kind of balances like the humor with like some with like some heart attached to it, but like it doesn't attach that and uh, like how would I say like the first two episodes would make you think that this is just gonna be one hundred percent comedy, and then it starts kind of incorporating like the little serious bits little by little, like you know like 
uh, you, you got to come to the realization that, you know, you're dead. Your old life is gone. You know, like it doesn't exist anymore. Um, but what happens, you know, whenever you are performing on stage and someone from your old life recognizes you, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things. So, like, it, there, there's a little bit of drama, but, like, the comedy just never fails to just kind of, like, balance it out, but not in a way that feels dissident, just kind of in a way that just feels complimentary. Like, this is part of the whole package. It's It's absurd. It's funny. It's a little dramatic, but in a good way. Um, produced by Studio Mappa, who is known for Jujutsu Kaisen, Attack on Titan, and Chainsaw Man, as well as Psy Games, which is known for uh, Princess Connect, Shadowverse, Grand Blue Fantasy, and Uma Musume. Yeah, yeah so, you know, all, all of those are things. Uh, but enough about idols. I want to know about wrestlers. Edge leaving WWE behind, also his Edge moniker, maybe. Having been with the so, WWE for twenty-seven long years, it appears that Edge has decided to jump ship to AEW. So uh, this is something that, like, a lot of wrestlers actually do is if they aren't having like a good time with management or someone at WWE, they've been going to AEW. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's it's something like a lot of people have done. And uh, Edge is I don't think he can use Edge because of like copyright reasons. I, but he's going by his actual name of Adam Copeland, and uh, he made his debut the other day on AEW, and uh, he he tried to go and team up with his old tag team partner because mm-hmm. uh, Christian is actually. Uh, AEW star, which I, I don't remember what his name is because he doesn't go by Christian. Mm-hmm. But um, he 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 was gonna team up, and he was like, "We should take on the Young Bucks." And Christian just like gave him a hug and said, "Go fuck yourself," and then left. So yeah, Edge is in AEW now. Mm-hmm. He had made a comment a couple months back during like one of his matches at a pay-per-view that he it was in his uh, hometown up in Canada but he he made a comment about how uh he wasn't done wrestling but he he was done wrestling in the WWE and he appreciated all the fans and everything so it was it was nice to see that he actually isn't done and he's going to another big wrestling promotion mm-hmm. and hopefully he'll do well but speaking of wrestling the other thing that I was going to say was uh, WWE Fastlane happened last night, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. It was late when I watched it. I actually ordered it on Peacock because uh, Fastlane was held in Indianapolis. Oh, and, neat. Uh, it's like, yeah, I kind of have to watch it if it's here in my home state. But they, they had a couple really good matches. Mm-hmm. I wrote some notes down. Uh, they had a tag team match where it was the Judgment Day, which were the current tag team champions, versus Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. And Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso ended up winning the Undisputed Tag Team Championship. So it's nice there's a tag championship change there. Uh, Pizza Hut sponsored the show. Nice. Pizza uh, Hut. Then there was uh, a triple or a, a three-man tag team between uh, the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley versus Rey Mysterio Santos Escobar. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a third person until like halfway through the map when Carlito made his return. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's nice to see that Carlito is back in the WWE after having like, I think he was on hiatus for like two or three years, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't remember when he took his hiatus. Uh, but then uh, Pizza Hut sponsored WWE Fastlane. And then uh, they had a triple threat for the women's championship where Io Sky, Asuka, and Charlotte Flair went up against each other. Io Sky retained her championship. Um, Pizza Hut had something to do with it, I think. Why do you uh, think? And then they did. I, I just I feel it in my bones. Okay. So Pizza Hut uh, responsible then, for. Okay. <laughs> And then we had John Cena and LA Knight versus the Bloodline. Uh, John Cena and LA Knight won because 
why wouldn't you put the two biggest like mega stars to win that match? Uh, the the big dinner box is twenty four ninety nine at Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. and then the night ended with Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the world heavyweight title, mm-hmm. and uh, Rollins ended up winning because they they both got knocked down, and whenever you're both down, you have to count of ten to get back up. Rollins was able to get up, uh, Shinsuke was not, so Rollins retained his heavyweight title, and uh, nobody out pizzas the hut. Okay, then. <laughs> Trying to get the point across that every other thing, it was like they, Pizza Hut must have gave them like $4 billion because every oh. other thing was Pizza Hut, Pizza Pizza. I, I was Sick. wondering oh what God. this was about. I was like, wait, why, why do you keep bringing up Pizza Hut? I kind of, I was like, is, did we get a sponsorship without me knowing what happened? <laughs> But it's just Pizza Hut just kept at, like throwing ads. Is that what it was like, or like they they kept it, it, it referencing? Was, they kept having like skits. Like after the first like match, they have uh, I can't fucking think of the dude's name. He's one of the announcers, and they had Booker T, which is Booker T's retired and now. He's doing announcing for NXT, and Xavier Wood comes in and he's like, "Can I watch?" Can I watch Fastlane back here with you guys in the locker room? It's I'll I'll, I'll buy Pizza Hut. I got the app, <laughs> and and then uh, just like Jim Ross. Jim super, Ross hasn't. Jim, Jim Ross is uh, AEW super He's subtle AEW huh? announcer. Yeah, and then after about after, subtle uh, as a sledgehammer. After the uh, the tag team championship, I think. Uh, Xavier Wood goes out to the ringside announcers and he's like, Hey guys, I got you this big, this big pizza box here. Look what's inside. And he opens it up and there's the two pizzas and the wings and the breadsticks. And they're like, Oh, it's so great. Nobody out pizzas the hut. And it's just like, I'm going to lose my (laughs) shit. If I hear anything more about pizza hut, just like it's the super as subtle as a sledgehammer, and it's just like they they just keep laying it on like extra as thick. subtle as a fucking wrecking ball in a china shop, right? And they keep just laying it on like Pizza Hut lays on those sweet sweet toppings on their large pies. Buy one now for fourteen ninety nine. Oh, I love it! It's it's wonderful. I... It sounds like it would be annoying as hell if you were trying to sit through and watch some wrestling, but like in retrospect, <laughs> as subtle as Bard says, Brother Gamma in the chat. <laughs> Pretty much, um, yeah, I, I could agree with that one. Yeah, but in retrospect, I, I bet it, it's uh, it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> it like it's jarring mm-hmm. in a way because you're you're you get into like the match and everything, mm-hmm. and then it's just like. You guys want some Pizza Hut? I was like, fuck off. (laughs) Nobody out pizzas the hut. Not even the wrestlers of of WWE. Apparently. Oh, holy cow. Uh, But uh, I guess moving on from wrestling, unless you have anything else. Well, Gamma asked uh, why Edge was leaving. Oh, okay. Go for it. Um, And like I, I said briefly, a lot of wrestlers, they just, at some point, there's they either get upset with like the direction that creative has their storyline going or they have a, they're upset with like someone higher up and they just decide to like it's like if you get upset with management and you just decide that you're going to quit and go get a new job but uh edge he probably wanted like one last title run before he retired and WWE was probably like, nah, you're too old. So he yeah. went to AEW, which uh, they they have a pay-per-view coming up, or maybe it's already showed up, but it was supposed to be like, Edge was supposed to be like a, a highlight. And because of that, uh, WWE decided to book NXT with like every single big moment superstar that you could mm-hmm. just because it was like on NXT is on the same day as AEW so they were like we'll take your viewership away and uh, also it's Tony Khan's birthday so happy birthday we're going to take your viewership 
Yikes. Okay. Because it was, it was just like stuff that, because NXT is like the, before you get brought up to the main roster, mm-hmm. they used to, it used to be like, I think it was WWE Tough Enough was like the show that they had before they would bring in new wrestlers. But like NXT is now the kindergarten for wrestling, I guess would be a way to think of it. Where it's just like you're here before you get to go to the big boy wrestling. Mm-hmm. But they were taking like their main roster. Like they had John Cena as just like a special guest at for a match for some reason. Yep. And they had Asuka and I think one other main roster female. And they had like two or three different title matches scheduled. And it's just like you're doing this just to spite itch, but okay. Yeah, I I, I can kind of see that. It, it's now nah, that sucks, but especially if he's been with them for twenty seven years, you would think that you know, like they they'd kind of like show some favor to like people who've been with them for a long time, right? Yeah, but they're also petty. Yeah, like it doesn't matter if you've been with the company because uh, Big Show they did this roughly the same thing when he left and went to AEW. Mm-hmm. He'd been with the company for like 30-ish years, something like that. Ridiculous. Mm. And they were just like, oh, we're going to try to bury you on the way out. That's, they kind of tried to do that with Edge too, but hmm. people love Edge too much to for them to have been able to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, I hope he finds everything that he's looking for at AEW as opposed to WWE. Well, he won't find Pizza Hut there because Pizza <laughs> Hut sponsors WWE. Ah, uh, yes. And then next week, you know, or like whenever the the next uh, AEW event goes live and they're sponsored by Papa John's and or something, you know, Little Caesars. Sponsored by Domino's. Or Domino's, yeah. Uh, well, m- moving on from wrestling... Uh, in video game news this week, we have a new live-action drama series revolving around Pokemon. The first trailer has dropped. And also, Riot drops the League of Legends World Anthem 2023, and Bard has some thoughts on that. So I'm sure they'll be incorrect. <laughs> maybe. So the first, uh, the first one, it's, it's uh, Pokemon, but it's a drama. And there isn't actually any Pokemon. So this uh, this TV series has been nicknamed Poketsume. And what it is, it's a live-action show circling around, uh, circling around uh, a woman who is trying to find adventure in her life because she's working a 9-to-5 job and it's kind of wearing her down. So eventually, you know, like she gets like a, pair, a care package from her mom. And in that care package is her old copy of Pokemon Red and her Game Boy. And she starts replaying the game and seeing her life framed through the Pokemon series, basically. Yeah, it's coming to, to Jap- Japan in October 19th. I don't know what uh, what platform it'll be airing on or if it's like a Netflix thing or what. But uh, basically, uh, the main character is called uh, Madoka Akagi. She's working in, I think she. it was supposed to be like advertising or, or like something like that. Like, uh, But she she wants to be in content creation. And uh, her job is just kind of one of those like corporate hells, you know, the kind that you sign up for and you basically keep your nose down and just do the work. You're not allowed to show any creativity to deviate from the plan. You know, your bosses basically control you the entire time you're there, right? Uh, yeah. So As they do. As they do. So she starts uh she starts replaying her game of Pokemon Red and you know she she starts finding adventure and joy in her life. Uh in based on the trailer from what I can see it it looks a little bit like they're going to start framing her interactions with other people through the lens of Pokemon. There was one scene in particular that made it very clear that that's what's going to happen and it's the screenshot that I put on the screen right now where basically she she went in to talk to her boss about something, and it's kind of one of those scary situations where it could go uh, a, a little a little off if your boss just doesn't react well to it. And so it's framed in kind of like as a Pokemon battle where you know it cuts to like the 
the the intro to a trainer battle, right? Where like both trainers appear on screen before they both send out their first Pokemon. And, you know, it, it's my assumption that she'll basically learn to face challenges, pivot strategies, and evolve, so to speak, in her own life in the same way that her Pokemon do in, in her favorite game, you know? That is the definition of cheddar cheese right there. What you just fucking said. Cheddar cheese? She'll learn how to evolve just like her Pokemon in life. Yeah. And cheesy ass motherfucker. Oh, yeah. No, the, this uh, it, it's kind of a cheesy way of phrasing it, but I think that that's exactly the point. You know, it's like Pokemon kind of has like this interesting thing that they do with their shows where like it, it, when when you get to the to the bare bones of it, you know, it's basically a commercial for merch, right? Bare bones. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, so it's basically a commercial for merch. It's usually what any Pokemon anime, TV show, whatever is, right? Uh, however, they do kind of have a tendency to try to like uh, to kind of tr- to to frame them in in this very noble light, where it's like, hey, life is full of challenges, and this should be exciting. As a trainer, you know, like this this is what you live for is the challenge. You know, like you you live for overcoming obstacles. You evolve to become better and stronger and so on and so forth. So they can be a little cheesy, absolutely. Doesn't fail to bring a tear to your eye every time. Uh, but also, Blarkmoo says, so a show about our common lives. Yes, yes, it is It is a show about somebody just living their 9 to 5. But also there's Pokemon in there. And King of Canadian Hill says, uh, yeah, Swiss cheese, mother, and not Gouda cheese. <laughs> it It is rather cheesy. Out of curiosity, what do you think they make cheese out of in the Pokemon world? Is it milk tank milk? Uh, it's it's uh, soil and green. It's soil, soil and green. Because I'm trying to think. I was like, okay, well, wh- what animals exist in the Pokemon world that could provide milk for the sake of, like, cheese and uh, i'm like okay so milk tank maybe like if we're going with cows the only two that i can think of is milk tank and toros and i don't remember but i think toros is like a 100 percent male species of pokemon i might be wrong but yeah you don't want to make a cheese out of those also there's female toros Okay, so maybe Toros, uh, if you want to go with goat's milk, you can make milk out of goat. The only thing I can think of that is pure, like, one gender is either the Nido King and Nido Queen lines. Eh, There's others. There's others that are only one gender. Um, As a matter of fact, let me look into that real quick. No, no, we don't. No, no. Stop. Stop. Why, Why are we stopping? I'm not looking into shit. No. So hold on. This will this will be simple. This is super quick. One hundred percent male Pokemon species. All right. Let's see. No, that's wrong. Male only Pokemon from Bulbapedia. Uh, Braviary. Uh, there's a certain type of Fezzendipity. Uh Gallade, Grimmsnarl, Hitmonchan, Hitmonlee, Hitmontop. Landorus, or Lot- I mean Latios, I guess. Morgrim, Motham, Monkey Dory, Needle King, and the Nidoran line. Uh, Salk, Tauros, Tauros, aha! <laughs> L- let's see, Tauros, 100% male, yes. Gender ratio. N- now we know. King of Canada Hill says, no, 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 we must look into this. Uh, Brother Gamma says, Ditto. Uh, Ditto is is non-gendered, and Jinx, I think, is all female. But up next, when, in gaming news, uh, up... Riot, the video game company, is making music again. Yeah, Riot, the video game company, is making music again. The official anthem for League of Legends Worlds 2023 was dropped earlier this week, and it's uh, pretty all right. It's all right. It's okay, yeah. It, I'll give you that. It, it wasn't great. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, there's better. There's better ones. Uh, I. Yeah, that there 100 is. Uh, what's your favorite? Out of curiosity, world's theme. Uh, I really like Phoenix. I like Phoenix too. Um, can't think of the name of it. 
I, I, I know the music video, but I can't think of the name off of it. Imagine oh, Dragons? Warriors? No. Oh. No, I, that's probably my least favorite. <laughs> um, Phoenix taking over. And I forgot about taking over. That is one, isn't it? Yeah. And Legends Never Die isn't a wor- world's one, is it? Yeah, Legends Never Die is a world's one. Okay, world's like one of the first ones. Legends Never Die is my 100% favorite. I can't think of what the one is. Uh, Brother Gamma says Blackpink. Uh, you know, one thing that bothers me about Blackpink, the band, is that they start all their songs by saying Blackpink in your area. And I'm like, hey, if it's Blackpink in your area, you need to go see a doctor. I'm ignoring that. <laughs> okay. That that being said, uh, well, Dare thinks of the other one. Uh, this year's world's anthem is called "Gods," and it's performed by New Jeans. Um, like world's anthem uh, of the past couple of years, instead of putting, uh, instead of animating their champions in, like you know, instead of uh, what do you call it? You know, seeing like, say, for example, Caitlyn or or Draven or whatever, just being champions in League of Legends and, you know, fighting each other. Burn it down. Burn it down. That's the other one. Yeah. Burn it, burn it down was the other one. Yeah, I don't even know which one that one is. Uh, but instead of seeing the champions like Caitlyn Thresh and uh, Evelyn and whatnot, you see the, the players that portray or that are... Uh, yeah. associated with those heroes exactly portray those heroes in the music video yeah and it, it's nice to see that you have faker in every single <laughs> i don't even know if faker still fucking plays uh, i think <laughs> when we, we we did the uh when we did the like tier list for all the world songs i i kept mentioning how faker was in no yeah he was and and i think he's in this one too i don't remember like he's like he's in this he's like all over this one no is he okay i don't even know if he's still i don't follow professional league Mm -hmm. so i don't even know if like this guy is still like playing they've just adopted his persona and made him like the big boss of league you know he's not even with the company anymore but you know like he's under contract to leave his persona with them until people get tired well it's like with dota you have dindy who's like i'm pretty sure dindy's retired but like not as sincere was still using dindy as like their poster child to sell Mm -hmm. their merch for like three or four years after he retired (laughs) it's just like as we get it, he's a beloved person, but he, he doesn't even play the game anymore. Uh, you know, like the thing that Except bothers Indy does still play. Yeah, the, the thing that bothers me about that is that uh, I I recognize the league champions, but I don't recognize any of the players because. By, except for Faker. Yeah, except for Faker because he's everywhere. But by and large, it's because I don't follow professional league, so I don't know who these people are. So whenever I see them, like so for I, I mentioned Caitlyn because I recognize Caitlyn's uh, rifle that one of them was using. So I was like, if I had if that had been Caitlyn, I would have been like, hey, that's Caitlyn. But like you know, like because it's this guy, I'm like, I don't know who that is, but he's got Caitlyn's Which, rifle. That, that's that's one of the things that I think they do well is because, like I said, I don't pay attention to professional league myself. Yeah, but I do. Um, I, I do know the characters well enough to be able to like identify that's Thresh's hook and lantern. Right. That's Caitlin's sniper rifle. That's uh, uh, Jace's or not Jace, Jarvin's spear. That, that's why I like, I really liked uh, rise the music video for rise. Yeah. Because it was like, I think that was probably one of the first ones where that, they that did was, this, I, right? Yes. Yeah. I think that was one of the first ones where they actually had like the, the players, and they showed each of these different like professionals using like the weapons and they made it like obvious enough of who they were supposed to be because it's like, Oh, that's uh, that's Bane's crossbow that he's shooting at him. That's Sejuani's maze. Right. And it was like, okay, I, I can, I can see what they're going for here. I can, as somebody who's not savvy to the professional scene, I can understand that this guy 
is probably known for being really good with this hero because mm-hmm. that's that's the hero. And then of course at the very top of the summit, who is it? It's Faker. Yeah, it's Faker with with uh, I think Rise's spell tome. It's like oh, yeah, Faker must be a god. Uh, Gamma asked, "Does he get money for stuff with him in it?" Uh, most I'm assuredly, he gets royalties. Yeah. yeah, he probably gets royalties. Also, did you know that Faker actually like uh, was actually pretty good at Yu-Gi-Oh for a while? But like recently, he, he his uh, deck of choice has been power crept. As a matter of fact, Konami designed a card after him. I don't know if this is supposed to be a meme or if... No, 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 absolutely. Like, see, as a matter of fact, since you can run three of them, he they decided to call it Altergeist Multi-Faker. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> I fucking hate it here. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Jeez. Uh, other players included in the video are Ayu, Chovi, Ozzy, Levi, among others. I, I, just, you know, I was just reading their jerseys as they appeared on screen. Uh, um, yeah, see, that's I, I don't know who any of those are. The only exactly. person I know is Faker because Faker is like the number one thing. Brother but Gamma like, says, "Dare hang in there." <laughs> so, something that uh, Dota did for I don't Dota never does. Mm-hmm. fun stuff like this i wish they would yeah but every now and then uh, i think if like one of the other companies that does like tournaments big tournaments for dota mm-hmm. like uh beyond the summit they had a tournament where they did a cinematic intro and it was like it, it wasn't the, the the players but it was the teams mm-hmm. so like each team was represented by a different hero that was battling. And it was like, e- even if you don't watch professional sports or esports, you would be like, okay, that, that one is team liquid because that's you. It, it's different. I, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's different because they showed like the team instead of a player and, the teams are more recognizable than players. Because if Riot had like, oh, this person represents Team Liquid, I'd be like, oh, I know Team Liquid. They're in CSGO, they're in Dota, they're in all these different things. But no, it's they have uh, Ozzy. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is, yeah. I don't know who, I don't know who Levi is either, or yeah. Chovy, or... All, all you need Show to know me. is that they play League of Legends. Put put a fucking person with a jersey that says TSM and everybody will lose their mind. Yes, agreed. Uh, so I guess in conclusion to this, uh, it's no Brown Mix. Brown Mix. I, I love Brown Mix. You know, when times get tough, you call Brom. Uh, yeah, I was wondering what the hell that was supposed to mean, but oh. I, I think, yeah, I know now. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, you, you've seen Brom Mix, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the, the guy that takes, like, random voice lines from characters and makes a... And makes a little a song, out of it. song out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so... <laughs> uh, moving on to card game news. Arise Heart incoming. I hope you've made your Cash Tira preparations. Get it? Because cashier preparations is a you, card. You, 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 you're just full of these today, aren't you? I certainly am. Another ban list in Master Duel this soon? What are they even hitting? Oh, look, it's tier elements again. New selection pack is releasing soon. I wonder what new cards it'll feed. Oh, look, it's tier elements again. <laughs> ah, this deck won't die. <laughs> well, see, fun fact, if you hit cash... Mm-hmm. Tier becomes good again, apparently. Yeah, because it's there's there's people at locals that have been playing tier because cash was hit, and with cash being hit, tier can play. Yeah, I kind of wish that they wouldn't all start playing it at once. I kind of wanted to build build my Shadal tier laments deck with without all of the cards skyrocketing in price. It's a lucky thing that all of the main deck uh, tier girls are common; otherwise, this would be annoying. 
I would like it if Mystic Mind didn't get played in every single deck, so it got hit. But yeah. we can't have everything that we want. Okay, we we can't. We can't. Uh, so cool. the next step, since this deck just keeps coming back, is just delete the entire archetype. Pretend it never happened. Uh, new Forbidden List. They, they already tried that with Pendulums. Yeah, they did. Uh, new Forbidden Limited List is set to take effect on Master Duel on October 10th. And uh, nothing added to the Forbidden List. Nothing you know, like nothing spectacular happens. Basically what they did is they just preemptively limit two cards before they're released, and that's Pressured Planet Wraith Soth and Tier Elements Cash Tira. Yeah, yeah. because why wouldn't you? Well, that, I'm glad you asked. Question, why? Well, Tier Elements Cash Tira is a card that can special summon itself, banish cards from your opponent's deck, and mill from your own deck. This potentially triggers Tier Elements effects, it sets up a Cash Tira XC summon, or generally removes your opponent's options. Um, and Pressured Planet Wraithsoth is a searcher, an attack buffer, and a pop all in a single spell, which lives up to its name, Pressured Planet, because it applies pressure to your opponent while adding you advantage. Yeah, the only thing that people care about really is the... It gives you a card, and then it destroys something. It gives you a card, and then the, it destroys the, the boost thing has never been, like, relevant. The the attack buff, yeah, it's like, it's whatever. I mean, like, sometimes it, it's... Unless you go back to, like, 2002, 2001 format, where, like, Acts of Despair was the thing. Uh, I mean, yes. Uh, my, my take on this is, like, sometimes it, it's... Yeah, like, it'll never be the decided... I mean, it... It'll be the deciding factor in, like, weird games, right? But, like, for the most part, you generally ignore cards like that unless they provide you some kind of advantage. Um, yeah. But it's nice to have it on top of it. Like, I I've won games in the past using Tri-Brigade because, what do you call it? Uh, what's the name of the card? A Fire Formation Tanky added 100 uh, attack points to my Tri-Brigade Fractal. You know, and it was exactly what I needed to close the game, right? Uh, so 100 attack points, ooh. But, like, generally, unless it adds a lot of attack points, you generally don't care. You know, like, what? what's the, what's the one, what do you call it, shoot? Uh, the one megalith that I'm considering running in, in, like, uh, my ritual deck, Phalag. Which Phalag is like, oh yeah, like gain this many attack points. I think it's like 500 or so, uh, or 800 or something like that, for every ritual monster in your graveyard. And in order to wombo combo, you throw so many of them in the graveyard that by the time Phalag hits the, the field, everything's got like, what, 2,000 extra attack points? Yeah. Yeah, that that's good. But, like, you know, generally, like, hey, 100 extra attack points for whatever. It doesn't matter generally. I'm like, what else does it do? Does it give me advantage? Okay, cool. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's why they're hitting this is because Cashiera right now is, is pretty much, like, the the deck, you know, the meta deck. Um, we have uh, Purely running around right now. But, like we said, you know, like, un until it gets its second wave of support, it's, it's okay, you know? Yeah, it's the, the second wave of support was what made purely like good yeah uh, i would highly suspect that konami would probably release the second wave with some kind of like ban list or like limitation to the stuff probably because most of the purely stuff right now is largely untouched yeah yeah and like uh, unless you have that second wave of support it's not going to be good but you get the second wave of support and it becomes a meta deck Brother Gamma in the chat says, uh, Vanquish Soul needs to hurry up and come to Master Duel. Oh, I can't wait to see how many of those are URs, <laughs> considering the way that they were in, like, what was it? Uh, uh, not, it yeah, wasn't Amazing having, Defenders. What was it? Like, uh, Wild Survivors. Yeah, it was the Firefighter set. Yeah, no, it which, was. It, 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 no, yeah, it was. It was, in the, it was in the Firefighter set with Makanko. No, Vanquish Soul? No, no, no. Uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was. I promise you. Yeah, amazing Defenders I was Makanko. Um, what's it called? Uh, Rescue Ace and Purely. Uh, Wild Survivors was Vanquish Soul. Uh, what do you call the the ones that used to be Transcendosaurus? And uh, the third one, whatever that third one was. I'm looking it up. Nouvelles. Right now. It was Nouvelles. It was in Wild Survivors uh -huh. with the Firefighter set. I'm sure. And Makanko. Uh huh. 
I'm looking it up Both right of those now. are from Amazing Defenders. Um, <laughs> I'm on TCG Player. Okay. It right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was Makonko no. and the Firefighter set. It, it was not. <laughs> the set you're thinking of was Nouvelles, Transcendrakes, and uh, the other one. I'll have to look that up, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, So, anyway, speaking of the Firefighter set... Uh, that's, oh, actually, like, that, yeah, that is, that is a, this last, uh, Forbidden Limited list is a huge hit to cash, but why? Oh, new selection pack, uh, Flames of Fury is the upcoming selection pack, uh, set to release on October 9th, and it features cards that are unlikely to make too much splash, uh, too, too much of a splash in the competitive scene, you know, like, for example, like, you got Gishki cards, who, like, who's gonna play that, and, uh, Kashira Arise Heart, <clears throat> Uh, don't know what that is, but, you know, it's probably not important. Probably not something we need to worry about. Uh, and the set will also see the release of Rescue Ace onto Master Duel, which is the archetype that was weirdly missing from Amazing Defenders, uh, in which it premiered along with Purely and Makanko. No, I don't, I don't think that's right, but okay, that's what you want to so, be I'm, wrong about today. Uh, I mean, so, yeah, you know, like, a rise heart is cool, but fire trucks, boy! You know, like... So, the, the deck, like, Rescue Ace actually isn't, like, that bad. Mm -mm, no. It's kind of hard for a deck that sets four from deck to be bad, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, it's not hard for it to be bad. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it, it could be good in, like, a best of one. Uh, Which Master Duel is. <laughs> I think it may get some placing, maybe. I don't hmm. know. Yeah. It, it didn't really like interest me when it came out, though. Uh, Yeah, it didn't interest me when it came out either. I wanted to play either Purely or Mikanko, and I kind of regret not investing in Rescue Ace back when it was worth nothing. <laughs> well, that's how like a lot of these like side set uh, archetypes work, because like, Labyrinth and Runic were also like dirt cheap, mm -hmm. and I don't even. Or Valence is still dirt cheap. I was mm -hmm. gonna say I don't even remember <laughs> Valence Runic. Valence is never gonna like be not dirt cheap, but yeah, they were dirt cheap. And then Runic and Labyrinth both became meta decks because They're good. they are. And then you see like this price of Runic tip going up to like 30, 40 bucks at one point. Yeah. Uh, Labyrinth was like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember like uh, I built Labyrinth whenever like Tactical Masters first came out because, you know, demon waifus, what's not to love, right? Uh, but it wasn't long before that, uh, before, you know, like whenever Lady Labyrinth was uh, revealed that everything in that deck that I had built started skyrocketing in price. Like Welcome Labyrinth was expensive uh, on the on the drop. It was like 18 bucks. But whenever they revealed Lady Labyrinth, oh god, that that went up to 30 bucks like overnight. I was like, "Oh, look at that." Um and same thing for for Helix, like you know, Runic was kind of like I think I remember like seeing a, a 10 minute testing with like uh with, with MBT where he was just kind of like, "Yeah, you know it does stuff, but you know it kind of, it kind of struggles towards, uh, you know, to to close a game because you know you're not entering battle or anything. You're just annoying your opponent and hoping he quits. Uh, and then it wasn't until like people started playing different kind of runic builds, like runic sprite and stuff like that, where it suddenly became the case that runic was just like highly desirable. So you know, like Helix and me just buying a tactical masters box just for funsies. And he pulls like the collector's rare runic fountain, and he's just like, "Oh, I know what I'm building." And I was like, "Oh yeah, have fun with that, buddy. That's expensive." Yeah, that's. I think me and Save Shooter opened like six or seven boxes, mm -hmm. and I took Labyrinth. He took Runic, and then there was just like, "Okay, uh, this set is expensive now for some reason." Yeah, I. If there's one thing that I wish I would have done, I, I kind of wish I would have uh, sold my Arianas and my Welcome Labyrinths from Tactical Masters 
before they were reprinted because now the deck's like dirt cheap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. something that if you hold on to a card for any amount of time, that's going to happen. Yeah, true, true. Brother Gamma says, I'm yeah, over I here either. saving up for Rescue Ace or Gold Pride. I am interested in playing Gold Pride whenever it hits Master Duel. Uh, Rescue Ace, I feel like it's going to be hard because I already invested so much in Purelli. So I don't think that I'm going to be able to, like, you know, just kind of, like, shift unless I dust Purely or, or or something. But even then, I won't have enough materials to build Rescue Ace. So, I don't know. But anyway, you were saying, Derek? Yeah. I, I don't even remember. What was I saying? I don't remember either. In other news... <laughs> I guess we're moving on. Uh, did someone say anime? Uh, no. In other news... <laughs> Project Voltage is a collab between Pokemon and the creators of Hatsune Miku, and they've been dropping some sick tracks for the past two weeks. Uh, the tracks Volt Tackle by Deco27 featuring Hatsune Miku and Denki Yoho by In- Inabakumori featuring Hatsune Miku are live on YouTube right now. They feature vocals from the famous Vocaloid as well as samples from familiar tracks in Pokemon games. So it's actually kind of cool to listen to because you know, like you you'll kind of recognize like elements of the song, like oh hey, that's Lavender Town, you know, or like oh that's the battle theme, that's that's pretty cool, you know. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a sick listen, you know. They're they're pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and as with anything Hatsune Miku, you know, like there's usually art attached, and the the art's professional grade, you know. It's it's really really good. Uh, my personal piece of art from like uh, the the video of Volt Tackle is this one where Pikachu and Hatsune Miku have their faces pressed against the glass. I noticed you used that in the thumbnail. I did use that in the thumbnail, yes. <laughs> We're going to get copywritten stricken. Is that something that they can do for like a, for a thumbnail? I don't know, maybe. Uh, maybe. Who knows? We'll find out, we'll I guess. Cross, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, like, uh, yeah maybe we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, so d- kind of cool tracks, you know, like I can, r- I recommend them. And, uh, I guess to, to close out today's, uh, uh, podcast, speaking of anime and music, Bochi the Rock, the anime about a rock band, uh, causes huge spikes in the sales of guitars across Japan, <laughs> you know, like it, it's, uh, it's apparently a thing that, you know, like it, it a lot of industries suffered during COVID, you know, uh, and actually the guitar <clears throat> industry. Well, uh, a lot, a lot of like non-essential. So like, yeah, you know, like guitars and, you know, like hobbies and stuff like that, oh, which is weird because you would have thought that at the time, but it, it's kind of like a panic thing, you know, like where we don't spend because we don't know what's going to happen. But like, as time went on and like, we were fine, people started investing in hobbies while they were in lockdown. Right. Uh, so, uh, the, this breakout anime from 2022, uh, has actually seen a lot of like merch sales, you know, like, so the, the CDs and the singles from like uh, Kesoku band, which is the fictional band in the anime, uh, are are seeing record sales in the hundreds of thousands, you know, certified gold basically. Um, and not only that, but they, they've, uh, tangentially affected other industries like, you know what? What's it called? Like the 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 music industry in Japan. So, like for example, guitars are selling selling a lot, but not just guitars. Pretty much every instrument that was seen in the anime <laughs> is suddenly seeing a spike in sales. Uh, and of course, the the creme de la creme of uh, of guitars that is selling is Bochi's guitar, the signature the signature Yamaha Pacifica Six Eleven. Uh, it is one that like people are just they that's the one they want. Um, and this anime was weird in that for one thing, it it premiered at the same time as one that was like being hyped to be the best one, and it did excellently despite the fact that it was released in the shadow of Chainsaw Man. Uh, not only that, but uh, it kind of uh, because of the way that it's drawn. Uh, and the fact that, you know, the the locations in this anime are real-world locations that you can find in the Shimokitazawa region of Japan. You can actually travel there 
and find pretty much all of the spots in the anime uh, in real life. So it, it kind of triggered pilgrimage of weebs going to the Shimokitazawa region and just visiting locations from Bochi the Rock the anime. And now <laughs> it's inspiring a new wave of musicians, apparently. It's, uh, it's kind of a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is kind of kind of a fun little little uh cheesecake piece to end on, you know? I like cheesecake. Yeah, cheesecake's pretty great. Oh wait, no no no. Uh, I did have one last thing. Uh so discussion no, question. You said, you said we're ending. Okay. Discussion question and then we're done. Uh I kind of figured that we should try this, you know, like going forward, give the audience a little something to participate with us with. Uh what deck do you love that isn't good but you really wish it was? Of course, you would say Dual Avatar. I really wish Dual Avatar was good. Holy cow, that deck can go minus so hard for no reason. And on top of that, it 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 does it does stuff that makes you feel like you're doing a lot, but you're really not. <laughs> like it, you don't end on anything that's relatively oppressive or difficult for your opponent to interact with. You know, like honestly, an infinite impermanence will turn off anything that I put on field with dual you, avatar. You have like a, a Raran deck where you're just pressing buttons and you use every card in your hand to end on one dragon maid. It, it, yeah, pretty much. And it, the, the, the hilarious thing for this was like, you know, like in our, in our last master duel tournament, uh, this deck for me you know, always feels like, okay, you have, like, if you're playing in a vacuum where everybody's basically, like, playing under, like, restrictions and, and all that, uh, it should potentially be good, you know, because, like, if you're not dealing with, like, say, hand traps or you're not dealing with, like, blowout cards, it can put up uh, some pretty big monsters with virtually zero effort. And then the save shooters playing uh, Gravekeepers, and I didn't realize how many cards in this deck rely on the graveyard until I was in that position. I was like, holy mother. <laughs> you know, so I'm just like... Yeah, no, no one expects to have to use their graveyard. Yeah. So it, it's just kind of like, yikes. Uh, so I wish it was good. It, it, it would really benefit it to have like a third and fourth wave of support at this point because I'm like, even the new fusion monster that came out is only okay. You know, like, huh. and like a, a lot of their cards will do, will do something really cool in very specific situations. If you, if you don't meet those requirements, that, that card does nothing for you, you know? So it's just kind of like, wow. Uh, so that, that's me though. Uh, yeah, that is you. Yeah, uh, Brother Gamma in the chat says, are you going to, do you want me to say this out loud? War rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And King of Canadian Hill says, big fan of the deck of a ship. Yes, w which deck of the ship do you, do, are you a fan of? Like the main deck, the poop deck? Is the poop deck really what I think it is? Uh, yeah, it's where you poop. Okay, great. <laughs> it, immediately after the poop deck is what they call it says <laughs> king of canadian hills yes so did you have one on this with there i i wouldn't say it's really a deck as much as it's like a play style i want like alternate win cons or like unique ways of playing the game to be good like like valence, valence for instance yeah like it's not it's not good no but it could be good if they if they gave them some more cards, they could make the deck good. Uh, like I was gonna say Nimlaria, but like Nimlaria is actually like somewhat seeing people play it now. It is weird that I feel like a lot of like the weird ways of playing the game are becoming actually really good in recent times. Like the the new archetypes are actually really well designed. Whereas whenever they released this stuff, like, say, two years ago, it was kind of like, yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> you know, like, like uh, Nimlaria, for example, you bring up, like, people are actually using it. And I see a lot of excitement around, uh, what's the one, uh, shoot, Centurion. So, you know, I'm like, th these new weird ones uh, are, are actually doing really well. Whereas things like, say, for example, Sulfacord, like, nobody cares. You know, like... <laughs> Yeah, and that's uh, just like alternate win con stuff. I would like to see be better. 
there's, there's like the there's like that sumo car that they released not too long ago. Oh yeah, the sumo yeah. dice games. I that would be so cool to be able to watch people like effectively like use that and win like a majority of the games or a, a decent portion, maybe not a majority, but like alternate win cons. I I I think those would be a deck. Yeah, like Venomanaga. Yeah, Venomanaga, uh, Exodius. Yeah, um, Exodia. No, not Exodia. Exodius. Exodius. People can make a deep draw Exodia deck that works. It's not Exodia you or Exodia me. It's Exodius. Do do you know the win condition with Exodius? Uh, Is it the one that sends like all of the Exodia pieces to the graveyard or something? No, it's the one that you can summon it for free by shuffling the deck back. And then if you get all the Exodia pieces in the graveyard, you win. Ah, neat. Exodius. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, yeah, Exodius, uh, like Nemleria, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, shoot. Venomanaga, Ghost Trick, Angel of Mischief gimmick puppet of disaster leo what is it like so the ones that have like alternate win conditions like if you fulfill these conditions you win the game yeah yeah that would be kind of cool is it angel mischief or is it succubus i'm pretty sure it's angel of mischief the one where if you have like 20 cards attached to her you win yeah Uh, if you have an unreasonably high amount of materials on it you win yeah Uh, i mean you you can do it well, well here, here's one that'll pl- probably blow your mind. And I'm like, God, this in Mystic Mind would be stupid. It's like the final countdown. Narg. <laughs> what do you think people played in Mystic Mind as a win con? Was it final countdown? Yeah. The oh, Cauldron so... of the Old Man. It was final countdown. Oh, no. <laughs> But that that being said, you know what would make Final Countdown even, good? Even after Final Countdown came out, uh, people would still run one, or even after Cauldron of the Old Man came out, uh, people would still put like one Final Countdown in because it would be, I think, two turns longer mm-hmm. if if you couldn't get your cauldrons. Mm-hmm. It's just like people would still sometimes run wave motion cannon because cauldron is one turn quicker than wave motion cannon so you guys are just like setting up background contingencies like oh you're gonna lose one way or another homie <laughs> like there's no there's no choice in this like you're either gonna die to final countdown to cauldron of the old man or to wave motion cannon there's no options but there's some people that even ran like exodia as the win con for because you you have time to draw it. Oh, this is so dumb. Like, you you <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Mystic Mind was the alternate wincon deck. Uh, okay, so hear me out. Like I, I actually think that we could make Final Countdown a thing if we had cards that would that would and I don't know how how the how well this would play, but like cards that would fuck around with the turn count. We have a card that does that. We would need more, is what I'm trying to say. You know, like because we we would need uh, what do you call it? We would need, we cards need that... one card off the ban list, and then we have as many cards as we need. If you get Primal Seed off the ban list, mm-hmm. you can loop Pyro Clock of Destiny infinitely. <laughs> yes. Uh, how how wonderful. But uh, this this is what we're ending on now. So I get the, thank you guys for checking out today's episode. Uh, please remember to like, sub, and share. It, it is the easiest way to help the podcast grow. And if you're on the listening platforms such as Spotify, Amazon Music, etc., uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, and if you want to join us live, check us out on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/at-the-battle-phase. We're here uh, Fridays and Sundays. Sometimes recording this exact podcast, sometimes recording something kind of silly and funny. Uh, But, you know, we're always here. Uh, This week, we have a couple of streams planned out. We have Learn Japanese with Bard on Tuesday, and we have Fire Emblem Engage on Thursday. 
So, uh, you know, join us for those. And we'll be back with this one next Friday. And uh, I think we have we have plans for the rest of this month, don't we, Dare? But uh, we should probably get on those before we forget about them like we usually do. I, I've already got online. I'm just waiting for a response. Okay, great. Great, great, great. Uh, but until next time, guys, uh, thank you for joining us. I have been the Midnight Bard. He's Hamafan and Borganon, and this has been the Battle Phase. Adios! Where's the button? How do I end the stream? We're trapped. I can't remember hello, how to... Hello, my lady. Hello, <laughs> my darling. Hello, my ragtime girl. Come on, send me a wire. Baby, my heart's on fire.